Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Greenhouse. Thank you for coming along. Something a little bit different to the regular talks that we have here, a live recording of a podcast called Smart Enough to Know Better. Gentlemen, welcome to Smart Enough to Know Better. It's a podcast of science and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. <laughs> and I'm Greg Wah. And today we are recording a special episode of the podcast here Absolutely. live at Woodford. At the greenhouse. Tonight, today, tonight, the sun is above us, so it's now technically today, is... We're going to be actually getting you, yes. you, the expert at information in your heads. Maybe expert, maybe just stuff that delights that you, you know. in science. And then, you know when you're at a party and someone goes, let me tell you something, and you go, oh, I'm going to tell you something, and you have a great conversation. That's the stuff we want. But we'll get onto that a bit later, very, very soon. That means that if you listen hard enough, yes. you can repeat back the stories you hear today, and then you seem like the really clever person at the party. That's right, and you will score with the sex that you want to score with. Now, we can't prove that. Sorry, there's no evidence to that at all, but it's fine. First things first, <laughs> often when people come up to the speaker's tent, yes. they're here because they're like, oh, I'm just going to have a little bit of a sit in the shade. I'm very I clever. Don't to, I don't have to engage yes. with the uh, music and jump let around, those, jump let around. strange people up there make me laugh. I'll just sit here like this. Now, that's not how this is going to run oh, at no. all. No, no, no. So I want everyone to shake not. it, shake it out, shake it out. Taylor Swift. Okay, good, good, good. Now... Problem with people who that's, come to a side. By the way, that's show. not how Taylor Swift dances. I just went Taylor Swift and did this. That's Taylor McSwift. <laughs> so, obviously, there's going to be a little bit of silliness today. <laughs> now, when very smart people yes. see stuff that they think is a bit funny mm -hmm. or something that's a bit silly, mm -hmm. their response is to go, huh? Oh, Huh. Well played, sir. I, know what, I see what you did there. Uh, I see what you did very there. Very droll. LOL. Maybe, maybe even a doff of the cap. They might go, oh, well done. And you go, oh, thank you. Now, I love smart people, oh, smart, yes. clever people. They're great. Look at them. But sometimes they have a little bit of I'm trouble. I'm sucking up to them. And so <laughs> there's a certain sense that you're sitting in the audience, yeah. you spend the day going, hmm. Yeah, I appreciate the humour of that joke. So <laughs> what we need to do is we need to open up your ability to laugh vocally. That's right. Now, firstly, imagine you've dropped about 12 IQ points. Okay. That'll help. That'll help. Come down to our level. plenty to spare. Join us with us down here in the pit. So yeah, unfold your arms. And then what I want to do, on the count of three, yes. I want you to give me your biggest fake laugh. Really force it. A total fake laugh on the count of three. One, two, two three. three. <laughs> Do you want to know something really weird? What's that? That actually just made them happier. Oh, good. Like, people say, oh, if I'm happy, I'll smile. But if you smile, no. you get happier. Yes. Your brain is really easy to trick. <laughs> it's so, it's, that's, that's actually true, by the way. If you smile, your brain goes, I'm smiling, I must be happy. And therefore it goes, okay, brain, we're happy. And then you start being happier. This has been proven. Your face can control your brain just as much as your brain controls your face. The smartest so, part of you so can get tricked I know. by your face. <laughs> it's really weird. It's really odd. So people walk around going, no, 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 just fake the smile. And everyone go, whoa. But you'll be happier. Now, 
We only have an hour, Chris. We only have an hour. Now, today is very important because, as I said, we're going to be getting you out of the audience mm -hmm. to tell your own science Don't freak stories. out. Don't, Don't freak, freak out. out. You're okay. We're not going to run down and hold tackle on. you or anything yeah. to force you up here. <laughs> Wait, there's no stairs. But what I would... Oh, wow. Well, there's about to be. Oh, excellent, excellent. That's why you pay now, the big bucks. what I'd like you to do is I want you to think about a science story that you've heard someone with you tell. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Put it in your mind. Go, oh, wait a second. Yeah. That person who's with me. Something they interesting. They told me that story, that interesting science-y type thing. Thank you, slave. And now I want you to sort of nudge them and go, hey, that thing. you should tell that story, that, that thing story. that you know. You know the thing you say at every party and it drives me up the wall? Say it here. This is your opportunity. Now... <laughs> You might be a bit freaked out. Mm. When you come up here, we're going to be the dummies. We'll be the ones who look stupid at all we're times. We're professional so. expert yeah. dummies. <laughs> we are. Crash test? Yes. Yes. We also have some very important people. We certainly to do. To show you how to do it and to set the bar it's low. It's not just us, thank goodness. Will you please welcome to the stage Dr. Cassandra Perryman. Come up. Caitlin Syme. And Spencer Hausen. Take a seat, take a seat. Dr. Cassandra Perryman, you are a UQ working at the, uh, the School of Psychology, is that right? Yes. Oh, thank goodness, I got it correct. Am I, am I on? I'm you are on, you are on, so you are excellent. So we are going to get you to start off by telling your interesting scientific story. Now, no pressure, but this is what they're going to be doing. So if you screw this up, it's all dead. No, if I, if I screw this up, you all relax. Oh, oh, she's a professional. Look at that. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a story out of another field I work in, which is actually criminology. Ooh. ooh. Come on, say ooh. And somebody back there is like, I swear I didn't do it. Are you, I, I don't know whether they, they've got their emotional noises down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, yeah. do, do a quick sound check. Okay. If something's like really awe-inspiring. Yeah. One, two, three. Ooh. Well so, someone is sh something is shocking. One, two, three. Ah. Oh, geniuses. You all have emotions. You've all passed good, the good, Blade good. Runner excellent, test. Excellent. You're okay. fairly fine. <laughs> Void comf test. You're not <laughs> replicants. No. <laughs> Except <laughs> you, madam. Why did you keep the turtle upside down? Ah, forget it. Anyway, <laughs> Dr. Cassandra, please move on. It's like, like this, there are people who are in the audience are like 50, 60 going, hooray! They're all like, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> all right, well, I want everybody to kind of look at the end of their fingers. Right. Look at these amazing little things that now we take for granted, right? There's these loops and these whorls. And if you've gotten any sort of ID, blue card, some passport, driver's license, you've had your fingerprint taken, right? That's right. Now, we've... And other reasons. Uh, I was going to say, but that's none of my business. <laughs> what happens in the greenhouse stays in the greenhouse. Oh, really? We're okay. Is that legal? Well, confidentiality. I'm bound by confidentiality. Sure, so sure, legal good. or Excellent. not, I can't... Yell it out! Like, nice. You know, hey! <laughs> but, uh, consenting adults. <laughs> if you're underage, get out now. <laughs> All right. Well, these little things called loops and whorls on your fingerprints that we use for identification actually is relatively new. Hmm. And at one point in time caused quite the controversy because, see, the person who came up with the idea of fingerprinting was the underdog. Science, right? Oh, underdog. We love those underdog stories. Woo. Well... In 1903, there was a system being used called the Bertillon system of identification. And we'd measure the height of the ears. We'd measure the width of the eye. We'd measure the nose gap, the height of the nose, the circumference of the head. Because if you look around again, something that seems relatively unique from all of us is how we look. So if you're getting arrested, they'd measure all these things. They'd handwrite them up on a card. And when photography became a big deal, they'd include a mugshot, And that's how you were identified in the prison system. Okay. 
time taking, a lot of time, a lot of card catalogs, a lot of handwriting, but it was working. Well, in 1903 in the United States, something crazy happened that, <laughs> for some reason, people didn't predict. See, a man named Will West was booked, and they did their little card, and they measured, and they measured, and they measured, and they click, and they put it down, and the person ran back to the card catalog and starts looking through the card catalog, and they say, hey, um, you've already been here. And Will says, no, no, this is my first crime. I've never been to prison before. It's no. my first time in this prison system. And they said, no, 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 you're right here. And Will West looked at a card that said, William West. And the picture looked exactly like him. They walked into the prison, pulled out Mr. William West, who turned out to be the long lost twin brother of Mr. Will West. <laughs> <laughs> What sort of parents <laughs> call their kid Will and William? Will and William. That's true. Well, you know, if you figure Will, you're going to lose Billy. one, you only have to remember one name. What if you lost one? You're like, oh, we lost one. Yeah, Will, get out of there. Will, Excellent. Will, it works. Yeah. And hence, fingerprinting <laughs> became the major form of identification. There we go. Excellent. Thank you very much. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Dr. Cassandra. Excellent. So that's what we're looking for. Now, was it interesting? Was it well told? And is it true? And we'll be checking, Dan, we'll be checking. The be-all knowledge base of the entire universe, Wikipedia. Wikipedia, excellent. Woohoo! <laughs> They'll give you a score. They'll give you a score. But we'll move on now to Caitlin Syme. Caitlin Syme, you are a paleontologist. I don't know what that is. And a taphonomist. What the heck's a taphonomist? Uh, a taphonomist. I look at how animals decay and are buried. So if you Creepy. find a fossil as oh, a paleontologist. Yeah, for, for fossilised stuff. Were you a so. weird kid? They're like, oh, she's staring at the rotting cat again. Uh, no. Oh, no. good, okay. <laughs> Remember, what, what happens in the greenhouse stays in the greenhouse. It's perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, no. I was a weird kid who was interested in dinosaurs, but I guess there are a lot of kids interested in dinosaurs. So sure. I just kept on being <laughs> She never grew up. Hooray, <laughs> see? Up. See? Yep. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, uh, but a taphonomist looks at the fossil record and then how an animal died and decayed. So if you've only got half of it there, a fossil that's maybe just their skull, what happened to that animal? Did it get washed down a river and the rest of the body was lost and so you've only got the skull preserved? Was it, or was it murdered that's right. in the conservatory yeah. with the candle femur? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's CSI Jurassic. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it <laughs> There's gonna be a, a T-Rex going, it was murder. Takes a little sunglasses out and goes, I can't get him on my, f I can't get him on my, this is not as cool. Oh, those monkeys have got it. Yeah, sorry. No, the Velociraptor's nail's too long to fingerprint him. <laughs> there we go. Made it very hard. Anyway, so that's what a taphonomist yep. is. Yep, yep. Excellent, thank you. Yep. So what's your story? Your story okay. is? So my story is more of a science fact. Good. Some people you may or may not know that birds are dinosaurs and that they evolve from dinosaurs. That, that's not the interesting fact. It, it is interesting. pretty interesting. That, that, that's not the interesting fact. At the turn of the last century, all the paleontologists who had collected fossils were trying to group dinosaurs into different clades. And they were looking at the hip structure of the dinosaurs and found that some had hips that looked like bird hips and some had hips that looked like lizard hips. And this is before they even knew that birds were dinosaurs. And so they've grouped dinosaurs as bird-hipped and lizard-hipped. And so it turns out birds evolved from the lizard-hipped. 
Now, can I just point out, is that like human body shapes? Like, you're an apple, you're a pear. Is that a dinosaur walks into a shop and goes, I, you're a lizard hip, how dare you? I am bird hipped, thank you very much. She will not fit into that tiny mini skirt. Every T-Rex is pear shaped. <laughs> oh yeah, T-Rex is lizard hips. It's lizard hips, and and birds, birds are lizard hips. And well, no, mod well, modern birds have bird hips because they're birds. Right. Yes. But they started off with lizard. Oh, yes. it's confusing yes. now. Okay, that's really weird. Yeah. yeah. Stupid dinosaurs. I'm glad they died out. Figured out the most difficult way to do it and went, the group with the bird hips, no, 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 no. The group with the lizard hips. That's right. Let's just redesign all of that and then fly. <laughs> and then fly. Yep. It's a simple. Thank you very much, Caitlin Sign from UQ. Excellent. And at the end this of the... This guy didn't clap. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're... <laughs> and finally, we have Spencer Housen from the ABC Breakfast, 612 ABC. So, Spencer Housen, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Do you have an interesting fact? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. So, this is from my scientific area of study. Yes which is insect sex. Insect, you're obsessed. I am, I know. Anyway, I, <laughs> this is more about romance, insect Aww. romance, and it's really only side, a sidebar to the story. And I have to say that if you're wanting to fact check this, it is on the Snopes website, which I love as, as a way of checking basically anything my mother sends to yes. me. And then I just send back the link saying, no, there'll be five Saturdays in August again in three years' time, not in 300, etc., etc. Yes, yep, yep. Okay, but I did make the mistake once of relying on Snopes for a quiz question mm -hmm. uh, at, a, at a school trivia night um, and the question was true or false the animal that played Mr. Ed was a zebra not a horse and they had painted the zebra because it, it behaved better on the set and this is what Snopes says and so I put this into the trivia night and it turns out that Snopes if you dig really deeply into the Snopes website have put that in as a bit of a test to prove that you should always use two sources. Right. right. It is actually the, the one incorrect thing on Snopes. Oh, but that's it? not what my fact is today. <laughs> so, so always have two, that's good. Two sources are always useful. Yes. Wikipedia and yes. the other one we're going to check. <clears throat> and something else that we can change. Very quickly. So yes. if you, here's the fact. If you yes. want to know what the temperature is, you count how many times you hear crickets clicking. The clicking comes from the male cricket. It's when it is trying to attract a mate. Mm -hmm. And there is actually a formula. And what you do is you count, I'll give you the Celsius, not the Fahrenheit, because we're in Australia. Yay. It's ridiculous. Fahrenheit is based on salt water. And it, hey now. It annoys hey. me. Hey. And it, hey. We have all the guns. <laughs> It's very true. You have all the guns. And they can use them oh, against yeah. themselves. They can, they can. And they'll kill every last one of themselves if we don't stop picking on them. So yeah. here is the Fahrenheit uh, formula. Uh, no. no, 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 sorry. The Celsius formula. So you listen for 25 seconds. You count the number of clicks, the number of times so you hear a cricket clicking. Is that yes. one or two? Uh-huh. Yeah, that is a good question. You divide it by three and add four, and that is the temperature in Celsius. Really? Hang on, say again. So numbers. So within, uh, this was actually discovered by a physicist in the late 1890s who, who had taken the relationship the other way around. He, he was predicting how many times you would hear crickets clicking based on the temperature. Right. But obviously it's more useful to turn it around. Yes. And so people have worked out. So if you listen for 25 seconds, you count the number of cricket clicks, clicks. that you hear, divide it by three, three, and add four. Now, I'm thinking, obviously, it depends how many, how many crickets there are in the area. Yes, yeah. Secondly, I mean, like one cricket. 
yes. Or yes, negative it. six crickets because it's freezing. Ah, well, okay. So cricket, this is the other floor. Crickets will only click, i.e. they're only in the mood, yes. when the temperature is at least 12.7 degrees Celsius, so it doesn't work below that temperature. That's just like me. And I imagine there's an upper limit too. You end up with delicious crickets. Yeah. <laughs> what temperature is it? And actually, everyone should eat crickets. Stop eating meat. But you know, that's a different thing for another day. Sorry. Yeah, see, eating insects. It's, it's cool. That's right. Thank, thank you very much for the audience from the peanut gallery. Well, peanuts are good. Peanuts are okay, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Did this guy clap, by the way? No, my, yeah. um, he's not impressed yet. He's not impressed. Not even my cricket temperature game. Come on. That's right. This is, this is going to be fun. But a round of applause. Round of applause for Spencer. That's a really interesting one. Now it's the audience's turn to tell yes. stories. But are they just doing it for a claim? They are not. Why would you do it for a claim? It's rubbish. You are, you're going to be doing it for amazing prizes from Elbow Fish Games. Now, Elbow Fish Games are a group out of America. They make scientific-based games. Antimatter Matters will go to the winner. This is a game where you have to build an atom with protons and neutrons and gluons. You have to actually build it up. It's fantastic. It's scientifically accurate, and it's really fun. Honestly, I own it myself, not this one, but it's great, and that's thanks to Elbow Fish Games. And the other one is Jucks out this year. Uh, Jucks was written by David Galliel, helped by Peter Boghosian. A, a skeptical thinker, and uh, this is all about creating stories and thinking critically. So we've got two of those to give away as well. So Excellent. worth coming up to win valuable prizes. So it's time for you guys to get involved. Can I get everyone to put one of their hands up in the air? Everybody? One of their hands up. Yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> See, are oh, you? He's like, I'll oh, just sit in the front row. Yeah, They'll never pick on me. Now, slowly lower your hand slowly. if you don't have a science story that you'd like to tell. That's right. Oh, oh, it's all happening. Double. It's all oh, happening. Oh, damn it. I thought, oh, hang on. We got one. Any others? You got oh, one? I like this gentleman up Have you got a science story, sir? Excellent. All Come right. on up, Come on up, please. Round of, round of applause. Round of applause. He's much braver than all of you. Think about that for a moment. What a genius. Thank Good. you much. Excited. Hello, sir. Welcome to the stage. Welcome to the stage. I'm Dan. Hello. What's your name? Jim. Jim? Yeah, J-E-M. J-E-M? Welcome, Jem. Jem. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that band you're in. You and the holograms were amazing. Stop That's, it. He doesn't Stop it. Stop you're more of a mask guy, or G.I. Joe. He's also much younger. He wouldn't know a mask was. He wouldn't you're know old. a mask You're is. old, guys. Anyway, don't mind. Um, okay, okay. Now, are you feeling a bit anxious? Do you do much public speaking? Uh, a bit. A little bit, a little bit. Shake it out. Shake it out. We're all friends here. These guys want you to succeed, and if you don't, they're going to be pretty cool about it anyway. It's more that I'm not very well informed about my facts. Oh, Excellent. that sounds like me on the podcast. <laughs> we love it. All right, Jim, what have you got for us? Um, so there was this bombing, and this lake was found in the remains of the bombing. A lake? A lake? No, in a bombing. Wait, what was found in the remains? A leg. A leg. A leg. A All right, leg, a leg. Which they DNA tested and found it was someone who had died, and then they found that. You'd want to hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They found um, that person buried, and that person had two legs, except the other leg was not theirs. <gasps> it was Rolf Harris. <laughs> Jake the peg, anyway. Well, yeah. Talk about him. That's another... Yeah, he was on German the Holograms. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, three legs, one guy. Where, what happened? How, would, how did this happen? Uh, it's still unsolved. Still unsolved? Oh. You've came up with a mystery. Can we solve it? Is it your leg, ladies and gentlemen? Is that your leg missing in the... Where were you on the night? That's yes, right. 
can, excellent. Well, thank you, Jim. I think it's very interesting. Isn't it? So now, we'll now cut, is the time. We'll cut to our you to discover down. your score. Yes, yeah, here we go. We're going to start now. We're scoring them on. Was it interesting? Was it well told? And was it true? And you just give a score out of 10 all up. Was it true? But was it true? We Is the internet up yet? Hang on. Weirder uh, things have happened. That's true. Hang on. Is I it, think will, the truth one. Okay. We are, wait, hang on. We, we, let's move on with that. No, I'm going to, no stories need to be true anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not true. That's not true. Just come up and make stuff up. No, no, no. Did you no. invent zero point energy access. in your basement? Yeah, that's, that's right. Been, oh, he's he's fact-checking himself. Oh, that's, that's an extra point right there, ladies and gentlemen. Especially and, if he says, and, oh, hang on, that's not right at all. <laughs> we will go off the presumption of true, and he's, so. he's young, and he the, volunteered. So exactly we, we right. give a boost in points every time, right? There's do someone not the, tell my students I do this. <laughs> there's someone up the back from Encyclopedia Britannica just going, well, well, well. <laughs> He's, no, he's absolutely correct. Checking. I've checked here. Kisha Levy. Yes, he's absolutely right at this point. The wrong leg was found in... So basically he was buried with the wrong leg and only with genetic testing they found the leg that was in the box was not the right leg. They got buried with the wrong leg. How do you get buried with the wrong leg? But the thing okay. was the wrong... Here's the weird bit. The wrong leg was still attached to the body by skin. That's awesome. Okay, I'm giving That's a bit gross. That's a bit tank. gross, ladies and gentlemen. So that's why he's went, that's his leg, but obviously it got fused on there. Oh. Okay. The score! The score! Okay! I'm gonna give him an eight. An eight, thank you very much. Caitlin. Eight points. Well, no, well done, well done. What was they sounded like he, she just made a putt? This is an amazing story. <laughs> At least a tennis cl clap. Proper so, clap. Yeah, very good, very good. Well done. <laughs> I give you a six with a clap. <laughs> I just give him the clap. Stop it! Eight. No, 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 no. Right. All right. Yes, I found that really, really interesting, and I thought it was well told and well done coming up first. So yes. I give you an eight as well. Eight as well. Excellent. Sixteen, Spencer. Wow. Very high scores already today. I, I like to give myself room to move. <laughs> uh oh. But I do like your T-shirt. Everyone should give blood. I can't because yes. I lived in the UK for, for too long in the 1980s. And he has so mad, it's a very good excuse I have. He has mad cow's disease. Okay, good. I'm intrigued. I'm going to look up the story and find out more later. Well done for getting up first. And I didn't see any of the nerves that you talked about. I'm just giving myself a little bit of room. I'll say 7 out of 10. Well 7 out of 10, well done. 7 out of 10, that's very nice good. 23, well done, thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. There we go. Well thank done, Jim. Who can do better than that? Who can go toe-to-toe? -to -toe? Come on. Here we go. Come on, another one. Yes, sir, do you want to come up? Gentlemen Excellent. Over here. Excellent. Round of applause as he comes up to the stage. Wait, wait. Hold, hold, hold it. Hold it. Does he... Wait, wait. And now up a, a little bit more build, build it now. Here he comes. He's coming closer now. And here he comes. He's going to really build up to it. When he touches it, just stop weirdly. Stop. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Come on. <laughs> Hello, sir. Your name? Jeff, hello, Jeff. Jeff, I'm Greg. This is Dan. Hello, Jeff. Welcome hey, to the stage. Talk to the microphone. Make yourself at home. Just there. You go. Okay. You don't. Now, are you anxious at all? Yeah. Shake it out. Oh, shake, it out. shake it out. Shake it out. Shake it out. Here we go. Here we go. Here okay. We go. All right. Good. Okay. Here we have it. Okay. Um, Move back, Dan. What I'm about to say is, well, they won't be able to find it on uh, on there. Uh oh. <laughs> but I'd say by the end of it, you'll all say, yeah, that's definitely a fact. And it goes something like this. I remember when I was very young, I was in a cow paddock or something like that, and I was walking along, and I saw this cow on the ground. And I thought, is that cow dead? And when I got a bit closer, I could see that the cow was moving. 
So I thought, no, it's not dead, it's still alive. But when I got right up close to it, I realised the cow was actually dead. The reason why it was moving was it was full of fly larvae. (laughs) And that made me realise that flies are always involved in looking after everything, including the Homo sapiens. Right. And they they were there in that body, picking the body up, and when the larvae changed into flies, they'd fly away with little pieces of the cow and shit it into the paddock out there somewhere <laughs> so it is no longer a pathogen for the humans. Ugh. So when the cow's there squirming in the hills, on the hillside full of flies, it's a pathogenic warning to humans. You get close to there and you don't want to be too close, do you? Just the smell of it wants to back your way. But the flies through all of this are busy working to make things lovely for the humans. And what do we do? We go out and kill them, don't we? We're told every last one of us, what you have to do is kill the flies. That's a fact, isn't it? You're all told that answer. That's a fact. What a great story! It's creeps are screaming inside a skeleton! Oh, no, thank you so much, Jeff. I, I'm, All right. I want to ask a question. Ah, I like that I'm, confidence. I'm, with our taphonomist in the audience, you may have some knowledge of this. Yeah, yeah, that's Can absolutely you... what happens. Flies lay the eggs, the larvae will eat their way through. So if it was at the bottom of the carcass, and they will just come through and up the, the top. Carcass. And the skin's harder to get through, and there's not much. They're going to go for the fat and the muscle more so than the skin. So. Just like yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, 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 I love that story. So thank you, Jeff. Well done. That's very good. Wait, All right, don't go, Jeff. Don't go, Jeff. Hold on a sec. We've got to get the scores. Scores for this. I worked at a body farm, funny enough. Oh. <laughs> we had pig and cow carcasses, and it does. It kind of undulates. And it, yeah. And right after that, <laughs> skin slippage. No? Uh, we, we, we're, we're all getting older, it happens. <laughs> right, I was speaking of fingerprinting, you can pull it off and fingerprint dead bodies without having the hand. No? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yes you can, and it gets worse! Yes. Um, so, you know, absolutely. Brilliant delivery, brilliant story. Well done, very much fact. Great way to, to pull something visual into something that's, you know, scientific. So observation into science, and the foundation of science is Observation. So I, I, I don't need to go far up from there. I'll give that one a nine. A nine. Well nine done, a nine. Points. I might be a little bit biased because I am a taphonomist. So I do love studying the decay of animals and any other story that I can hear. It's just another bit of information that I can put into a paper and, and research. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I really like that, and I like the delivery as well, and and the fact that yes, flies are really really important. They might get in our way, but they're just trying to find the carcasses that they're going to clean up for us. Really, when they're uh, buzzing around us, they've accidentally gotten in the way. So I'm going to give that eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half points. Well done. And the hanging now, judge. The hanging judge. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He loves insects. He loves insects. I do. 
but they weren't boffing, so yeah. like, he doesn't care. He basically doesn't care about them eating. He wants them like, ah, come on, I love you, come on. Well, come the, on. the fly was eating the cow out. Stop Is that it, no, 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 no. Sorry, shutting up. I like to leave myself room to move, Jeff. Seven and a half. It was better. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Is someone writing these down? Excellent. Thank you very much. So now we have two stories. Two stories. We need some more. Come on. At the back, at the back, yes, sir. Come on up. Well done. Thank you very much. Hello. Welcome to the stage. I'm Dan. Gordon. 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 Fantastic name, Gordon. Come over here, Gordon. Well done. Now, Gordon, you excited? I am indeed. Your heart racing? Uh, Just a little. Just a little? Brilliant. Use it. Yes. Use it. (laughs) So, Gordon, what have you got for us? Well, it's a story I'd like to relay, actually. It's a story I heard was uh, told by a caller to... Actually, 612, actually, some years ago. Uh, to, to the late Rick Natras, who many people will be familiar with, a, a local uh, naturalist. Now, look, I would like to preface this with saying that there certainly are facts in this story, but I'm not sure that the story itself is completely true. <laughs> nice. The Let the judges be the judge of that. <laughs> the, the story fact was about stripy marsh frogs. Now, if you're familiar with stripy marsh frogs, which are a, a local frogger in the Brisbane area, they, they don't actually croak, they cluck. It's more of a... <coughs> now, a caller, Rick Natras was talking about stripy marsh frogs and a caller rang up and relayed this story about the stripy marsh frogs he had in his backyard. Now, he said that on a wet night, they start clucking fairly early, just as the sun goes down. And as the night progresses, they get louder and louder, this crescendo of clucking. And it just gets louder, almost into a cacophony. And by about 2 o'clock in the morning, the clucking suddenly stops. Dun, dun, dun. And he said, if you walk outside, just at that point, you can smell the cigarette smoke in the air. <laughs> What? Wait. Hang on. No, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Did no, I have I, a stroke? I, I said that I was, a, I was a professional idiot. Some people went, this is a funny joke, and it has gone over my head. Yes. Cigarette smoking the air. Just because I think we had more sex. So well, I think we were back on the sex, basically. Oh! 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 Frog bonking! Frog bonk! Yeah, frog Got it. Nice. I was okay. like, because I know that frogs are very susceptible to changes in the environment. So maybe someone's smoking a cigarette and they and don't sex. like that. Sex is an incredible change to your environment. I'm just going to say that. Ouch. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's great because I've, I've heard these marsh frogs. It sounds like someone is playing ping pong in your garden. Yeah. Okay. That's what your sex life sounds like. What kind of ping pong are you playing? The best kind. The best kind. <laughs> Mouth ping pong. It's like mouth hockey, tonsil hockey, but uh, more gentle. Ladies. <laughs> and just, just so you know, it says here very clearly from frogs.org.au that they do cluck or tock or pock. That's very true. I'm so, sure they don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, but it doesn't say anything about cigarettes, okay, yes. So far as onomatopoeias go, do they also bonk? They also bonk? No. It would just say pock, 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 bonk, 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 and well, then have they, a, in uh, actual an fact, empty but, but, but Perhaps on the fact, I might be able to score a few more points here. They don't, they don't actually bonk because they fertilise externally, so the female lays oh. her eggs. Hang on, how do you male... have sex? <laughs> oh. Have I been doing it wrong? Oh. I think you get the gist. The, the male oh. lays, they, puts the sperm into the water, the eggs are in the water, and hopefully they match up and make little tablets. But they all do it simultaneously, is your point. It's like they're sitting around a circle. It's an orgy. <laughs> 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 
Back away from the comments. Back away. Dr. Cassandra, your score, please. I could sit here and analyze why exactly he chose that story. Um, I'm actually kind of disappointed that there wasn't some sort of frog serial killer, and so the night went silent after that last story. There's a woman in the front who's like, oh, I know your type. <laughs> The wind in the willows. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. For the sex and violence. <laughs> That's the literotica version. That's oh. Fifty Shades of Mole. Fifty Shades of Banded Frogs. <laughs> um. Score! Score him! Score him! Score him! I will happily give. Well, the entertainment after the fact has definitely garnered a nine. Um, I, I will. I will give that story um, quite the pleasant eight. Pleasant I'm, eight. Eight points. Quite pleased with that. And a nice cigarette at the end. Yeah, uh, I was going to say it's frogs with emphysema and no serial killers. I'm just. I don't that was all yours. You didn't say any of that. Anyway, an eight. An eight is pretty good. That's round of applause. Caitlin Syme. I really want to know whether they do actually all stop calling. At the same time. Oh, I see. And that might be not. hard to find out. <laughs> well, then you can mark him down for that, not me. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's interesting anything to do with frog calling behavior and the, the speed and sounds that they make. Like, uh, there's, there's a lot of frogs in WA that are like motorbike frogs that sound like motorbikes. Basically, onomatopoeia names for frogs, because that's all we can think of, really. You don't see them, you just hear them. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I, well, I can't say that's not true just because I haven't heard it before, but without knowing that they all stop. That's the interesting part. They I'm, I'm actually sure they don't. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah so just, just leave now. Do I get points for honesty? Get off my stage. All right, well, I'm going to give that a six then. A six then, well done. Oh, Boo. He's so honest. He's so honest. He's so honest. But he's he so honest. But he's so honest. Harsh, harsh but fair. You get the seven. Spencer. All right, Gordon, thank you for mentioning 612 ABC Brisbane. Uh, thank you for mentioning the late, great uh, Rick Natras, with whom I had the pleasure of doing Wildlife Talkback for many years. Thanks for doing a frog sound effect. There's this one of my favourite things at the Queensland Museum. They have this collection of frog sounds, but there's one, there may be more than one, that they don't have a recording of. So you hit a button and this bloke says, in just this very straight way, the sound of this frog has never been recorded. Aww. But it sounds something like this. Which always reminds me of that character Anne in Little Britain. I don't know whether you know when she gets up to do the theme from Titanic and just goes. Anyway, I'll give you seven. Seven, yeah. seven points. Well done. Thank you so much, George. Well done. Honestly, counts for nothing, Gordon. Now take that away from the stage. Do we have any other people who want to stay, do a story? We have one. We have a, oh yes, sir. Do you want to come up as well? Yes, excellent. Coming up. Excellent. Round of applause as our gentleman enters the stage. Hello, sir. And your name is? Jeff. Jeff. Oh, that's going to be confusing. Yep. Can we call you second, second Jeff? Jeff 2. Jeff 2. Okay, Jeff 2. Or Jeff Come B. Come the microphone, Jeff. Jeff B. Jeff 1 well, and Jeff A. Well, how, is your, how is your Jeff spelt? Because so oh, yes. far... Are you G off or are you JF? Jeff with a G. G off. Oh. So far... What about the first Jeff? Yeah. Were you a Jeff with a... What, uh, hang on, and, and, and the first contestant, Jem, is that with a G or a J? Oh, thank goodness, because otherwise everyone's starting with G. And since we've just been putting G and not the full names, it was getting terribly confusing <laughs> up here. So, Jeff, G off. Yep. Excellent. I, I got all inspired looking at the prices you've got there of the uh -huh. atom building kit. 
Yes. And a, I'm an engineer, but it reminded me of a story I've been following on the internet of recent years. Um, Cliff notes. He's a proper engineer. He's got notes. <laughs> anyway, what, 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 what's delighting me is that uh, the global warming issues seems to have an answer, and uh, it's probably going to happen in about the next 50 or 60 years. And uh, no more humans. Yay! No more humans. Uh, Some of my best friends are humans. Some. China and India seem to be leading the way, and uh, everyone <laughs> seems to be waiting for the United States to pick up and run with the ball. But uh, politics over there, being what it is, it will take a, a while to. Uh, they've got get guns, Jeff. Watch out! They've got guns. <laughs> but but yeah, basically the, the argument is that the, the the global warming will be solved at probably very little cost to mankind. Unfortunately, it won't be using renewables. It Ooh. seems as though uh, to store the amount of energy that we need to store with relying on renewables, to store this energy during the winter time, and when there's no wind, is so great that uh, it, it'll get squeezed out by this alternative technology. Basically, if, if we take a barrel load of dirt, it contains about one gram of an element called thorium. Uh -huh. Now, thorium, it's a little bit like uranium, but it doesn't have all of the uh, nasties that are associated with uranium. Firstly, it, it can be burned in a reactor at atmospheric pressure, so it won't blow up like Chernobyl or uh, Fukushima. It can be burned right out, so there's nothing left at the end of the, uh, the, the process. No nasty byproducts that need to be buried for 10,000 years. It does have some byproducts that need to be buried for a few hundred years. Mm. But the basic byproduct is lead. Now, lead's not ideal, but I, I think the average. Just ask the Romans. Yes, you'll hit this well. There's a. Oh, yes. oh they did. They did not fare well from that lead plumbing, did they? They should have. Well, that's a theory. That's a theory. That's a theory. That's a. Don't, don't it's test all, me or on it's truth. A myth. <laughs> it's a myth. Good. 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 Thank you so much <laughs> for putting me straight just after I said it in front of an audience. I, I, I think the average golf course probably leaves about it a tonne and a half of lead around it in its lifetime just with people losing their golf balls. What? There's lead in golf balls? Well, yeah, you need to make them heavy. You need to make them heavy. Okay. I, I love it. I'm learning all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so if we looked at Tarong Power Station, at present it's burning 6 million tonne of coal a year. It pumps out 20 million tonnes of carbon dioxide. And the fuel costs 250 million bucks. If it was running on the thorium, the fuel would cost about $100,000. You'd use a tonne and a half of it, and the end product would be a tonne and a half of lead. So that's the way China and India are heading, and America will in years to come. And Greg, you're a big proponent of I, the thorium. I have always been a, a big pusher of the thorium reactor with, uh, with third stage reactors, very good. Uh, so we have to move on. I, 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 like that, I like the idea of just people putting their feet through the bottom of their car like Fred Finstone. Yeah, that that's too. just me. The um, thorium reactors also, just to just look, yes, he's right. Thorium reactors are a way of producing a lot of energy. It, it is safer in some ways. The byproducts can be used in other reactors, so older reactors can be used up. It and does, golf balls. And golf balls, and it does, but it is radioactive, and also it does make a lot of fluoride salts, which is not, which is almost as bad as fluorine gas, which is not brilliant, but it's, you know, it's not... It's not going to blow away. They, they can be recycled. They can be recycled, that's fair enough. So, yes, you, so I think you are technically correct, the best sort of correct on hey. Smart Enough, no better. So there we go. Well done, well done. 
and golf balls do contain lead. I checked that as well. Whilst so all the older the older sort of golf balls did actually contain lead. Newer ones, not so much. They're getting different ways of doing it. I checked that just very quickly. They're so, filled with harp seal but, skulls. But most people have down, old real. golf balls because you used to use them over and over. So there you go. All right. So very quickly, our judges for scoring. Learn something new. Thorium. Thorium. Who knew? That from Sacramento, right outside of Sacramento. I don't know if you know, it's Crocker Nuclear Labs in Davis. So I've been around the idea of nuclear power in my whole life. So very, very interesting stuff. A very engineer of you. Well done. <laughs> notes especially. I, I have notes in my purse over there, by the way, so I, I, I'm, I'm with you, brother. Um, I, you know what, I'm gonna put that, I, I like this eight band. I love, I love this eight band that I'm oh. in, and I'm gonna stay in that eight band. You know, eight. Eight fence. That I sounds like wussing out to me. I'm going to call, yeah. I'm gonna call no, you. I, I don't get to be the nice person oh, yeah. most of the time. Usually I'm like, no, you fail, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and eight from Dr. Cassandra. Well done. Caitlin. Yeah, I really like that as well. And I had, I think I might have heard something about thorium reactors before, but that was explained really nicely and clearly. And it's all correct, which is my favorite thing, as we know. So I'm going to give that a nine. A nine. An eight and a nine. And finally, Spencer. I've uh, given myself room to move. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> up or <Yeah>. down. <laughs> and I, I really don't want to get stuck in this, you know, the seven guy. I don't want to be known as the guy who always gives a score that starts with seven. I'm going to give you an eight. Eight. An eight. An eight. Thank you, my chef. Okay. We are running out of time, so we've got to end up pretty quickly. So we have the scores been tallied up by the... Um, oh, that's the last story. Yeah, that's the last story. There are no more stories. Sorry, that was the last story. That's the last story. We apologize. We told you to get in. So we gave you many chances. Up. While they're counting that up, yes. you can visit and find the, our podcast, including this episode in a couple of weeks, by searching for Smart Enough No Better or go to smartenough.org yes. on your phone or web-enabled device. So who are we inviting to the stage? Thank you very much. Coming in at second place, we have Jem. Jem, come to the stage. Second place. Well done, Jem. Jem. Second place. That's strange. This is, this is going to be difficult. You've made it very hard for me now. Oh, well, they'll just have to fight over just it. Just draw, draw numbers. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. There you go, Jem. Well done. Thank you, Jem. Do you want to stand up here as well, please? Thank you very much. And equal first place, making life difficult, Jeff. <laughs> Come on up, Jeff. Both Jeff. Jeff came first. It's true. 25 points. Come on up, Jeff. No, please, please. They're being very polite. But uh, after you, Jeff. Jeff. No, after you, Jeff. Now, I'm... You know, if I'm going to... I'll give you the game. And there you go. And you get Jux as well. You get that fantastic. Can you give Jeff, Jeff and Jem a round of applause for having the guts to come on stage, give an interesting, true and well-told scientific fact. Thank you very much. Reignite that applause. Starting with this gentleman down here is going to start us off with the applause. <laughs> He's going to start us off for Spencer, Caitlin and Cassandra. Thank you very much to our wonderful judges. Thanks to Elbowfish Games. Thank you all, and Thank see you, you next time. We're back here in the future. 
That was fun. It was a lot of fun. There's one more to go. Being invited to be part of the Woodford Folk Festival, when we were first asked, I was a bit kind of, oh, what's this? We're Science and Woodford? Woodford? And, and the what? Fo- and it makes no sense. But it's actually worked really well, so we were glad to be part of it, and I think it's led to some really fun stuff as well. And I get to watch some lovely bands. Yeah, you, should go, you should go to the Woodford Folk Festival. Everyone, right now, book for the Woodford... I don't think you can at the moment, no. unless you're listening in the future, after, in the future when you can, but get in there early and... We might be back in the future. I don't know. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And Greg at smartenough.org. You can follow us on Twitter, SC2KB. And SC2KB can be found on Facebook as well. And, of course, go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe. Very important. Very important. I went and checked the Australian Science Podcast on iTunes, and we are remarkably high. Remarkably high on that one. Not as high as Dr. Carl, the many, many, many podcasts Dr. Carl does. But we are pretty damn high. So please rate us, subscribe. Uh, You don't have to write a review, but, hey, write a review. But... Definitely rate us. Definitely. We've only got like 40-something ratings. Come on. More than 40 of you listen to us. Come on. I know. We, I know. I know you're there. I know you're there. You can see Greg and myself, Dan, at a live show in March at the Whoa. Brisbane Comedy Festival. It's called Titanic the Movie the Play. And it's an interactive adventure of Titanic proportions. <laughs> you will get wet. You might not get wet. You'll probably get wet. If you're not in Brisbane and have no way of getting to Brisbane, you could still support us by going along to songdojo.rocks okay. and participating in the song challenge or just listening to the challenges that have already been presented. What's the challenge this week, Dan? This month, John Birmingham has challenged us all to write a song about a zombie... about a zombie apocalypse. I want to write a song about the zombie apocalypse. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Great. Now I can't cut that bit out. <laughs> Yes, you can. It's come up. He's speaking it. That's right. And as we always like to say, Zongie Apocalypse! Oh, mother. That's <laughs> fucking. Mammals pee for about 21 seconds, and we asked our audience to do that, and they sent in lots of evidence. It's lots of evidence. We could, Horrible packages. Terrible, full terrible, of evidence. Terrible, empty, sloshing things. <laughs> First and foremost, just make sure that you guys remember how to clap, just so you know how to welcome people to the stage. Quick, no, 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 no. Wait, don't, don't get to early, madam. I mean, the no. No, it's good. Follow her Follow lead. Her. She's the clap okay. expert. You start, and then everyone starts. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, excellent. We like. Oh, oh, he's clapping. Ah. Yes, we finally broke through. In the audience who has a name that doesn't start with a J or a G. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. <laughs>